Okay, friends. Are you uh, back in the saddle? I think so. All right. Well, this is what to, this is going to be 22. Yes. Welcome back, everybody. This is another adventure, or otherwise called an episode, of Father Knows Something. This is number 22, and we are here with Morgan and Justin. I'm back. He's back. He's doing well. He sounds great. He feels good. And... Yeah, it's only been a month and a half. And then, <laughs> like, a month of being sick, cold, flu, and then COVID. But it's just good to be, like back in public and in society and not have to wear a mask in the studio all day while I work. So you took, you took every test available and there's only one line in every test that came back and you're not pregnant. At this point? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if I test negative at this point, but. I don't think you would. I think it takes quite some time to get a negative test again. But in my sick days, I was able to procure some Good stories. Some good stories. Woohoo! Here we go. So let's let's hear them. Okay. Do we, have, do we have first? Do we have any updates? No. No updates. No updates. All right. Let's go and start We're off. Going fresh. right in. Start fresh. We're ready. Let's go. Hi, Jerry, Justin, and Morgan. Hello. I've been listening to Two Out Takes since June of last year, and to say I'm obsessed is an understatement. Oh, gee. You all have made my day so enjoyable and helped me pass the time at work, which leads me into my problem. I'm currently in my gap year before going to law school, and I'm not sure how to quit my job. I know this might sound trivial compared to some of the other issues that individuals write in about, but it's something that has been in the back of my head since I started this position. I will be attending law school in August of 2022, so I knew going into this role that I would not be here for very long. I began this position at a law firm in the beginning of March and mentioned in my interview that I would like to go to law school soon. The interviewer asked me if I had any concrete plans about school and thinking that meant where I will be attending. I said no. Looking back on it, I could see how that was unintentionally misleading, but it was never my intention to do so. The whole time I will be at this job, I will essentially be in training. But at this point, I've learned everything I need to, so I'm just under supervision instead of in a full-on training period. I know you've mentioned to not feel bad about moving on to do things to better yourself, but I'm just not sure how to quit as I hate letting people down and don't want them to be angry at me for having them for having wasted their time training me just to have me leave. I have quit other jobs, but this is my first real job I'm quitting. I'm not a very anxious person, but this situation does give me anxiety as I hate letting people down. I know that as a boss, you probably have had people put in their notice. So in your opinion, what is the best way to put in your two weeks while minimizing the damage? Thank you. Well, first of all, everyone that... Most of the people that are lawyers in that firm have all had a job waiting to see if they're going to get into a law school. And no one really knows what school you're going to go to until you finally get accepted, you finally make your decision, and you're going to finally go work, you know, go to that school. 
that school may be very close to you. It may be, you may, you may have, I don't know if you're going across the country to go to school. There, there's not going to be a problem. I don't, I, I don't foresee an issue when you walk in and you go to the managing partner or whoever you're going to and saying, look, good news and bad news. Good news is I've been accepted to law school. And the bad news is I'm sad to leave. I hope there'll be a place when I get back. Should it work for both of us? I'd like to have the opportunity of being able to come back and in an interview to see if you'll accept me when I when I'm done with school. And that's probably the way I would approach it. I wouldn't be afraid for a second to go to, to go to the people that, that you know that hired you or whoever your direct, you know, lawyer that you work for or if you work for the for a whole department but someone there is a managing partner in that firm that you're going to talk to. And when you leave, you'll leave with grace and you will leave with the recommendation that, you know, we, we, we'd like to see when you get back, when you're done, because you might be a great asset for them, much greater than you are today, is, even though you, you are an asset because you're doing great, but you're going you're gonna to grow now. You're going to go to the next level. And I think that will be great. I will just say she started in March of this year, right? And is already talking about putting in two weeks like now is like kind of what I'm getting or the fall because of the gap year. I well, it's not attending law school in August of 2022. She's starting. And so she began in the beginning of March. Yes, she mentioned that she was thinking about going to school. Yeah. But she's worried that she was like, no. And then it's going right away. Plans. And so that anything else we should know is. I don't want to tell them that I am leaving to attend law school because they will know that going to law school is not a spur of the moment decision and that I would have had to plan months in advance to leave. Yeah, but they'll find out. I mean, there's LinkedIn, there's ways, you know, whatever. I will just say, like, I think you're very optimistic and that's why a lot of people like your, your takes, your advice and everything you give them. But I will just say I went through an experience recently when I quit my hospital job And I was there longer than this. I was there almost a full year. And when I got hired at that hospital job, it was kind of the understanding of like, hey, you know, you're per diem. Can you make a two-year commitment to us? Like, we don't want to train you and bring you on and invest in you only to have you quit in a couple months. And so when I quit, I got screamed out over text message. Like, it was not good. She was not happy. So I think like, yes, hope go into it under like that. They're going to be understanding and have that hope. And I don't want to make you more anxious, but I, I will just say not everyone is that understanding and gracious. And I had an experience where like, she was like yelling at me to where I was like, okay, this is not okay. So you did just start. And I would, uh, the best thing is like, maybe you're moving for law school and can say, you know, something unexpected came up. I'm going to be moving come August. I don't know what you would prefer if I do my two weeks now or wait it out until I'm ready to move. Like give them maybe a little more notice and maybe that'll help smooth things over because my fear is like you said, yeah, the legal world is really small. Alejandra works in it. Everyone knows everyone. And the last thing you'd want to do is potentially burn a bridge and granted there's thousands of firms and places you can work but 
I, it's I, a small knit community. When she took that job, I don't think she re- she recognized that she was accepted into a school. Absolutely, and no. that she and that she was that she went into it with. Uh, this with, wasn't like malicious, like she was taking advantage of them. That's correct. No, so I she understand went, she, that completely. She, she took a job not knowing if she was going to be accepted. And I think everyone knows the rules and this stuff. And I do not feel for one second I'm being optimistic. I'm being realistic. And I really do feel you just walk in and you say, I, I didn't know I was going to really be accepted. And my full intent was to be here if I wasn't accepted, but I was accepted. Yeah, and just tell them you got waitlisted and, everyone, and then found out you yeah, got in. I, I don't think you have to even go that far. <laughs> I mean, you, you're making more of this than, than what it really I is. I just know just how pissed off some people get. And like, oh, well. people are struggling. Law, law firms are, I don't know. We're, lawyers in that profession are all about the oh, well. Oh, well. They, you, you're swimming with the sharks. Yeah. It doesn't seem to me like there's much to worry about because of the fact you were like, hey, I'm going to school. Yeah. At X point in the future, we don't know. And yes, I feel like, sure, it depends on the person, depends on the day, depends on the firm. But even if you get, like, if someone's upset, I mean, you're fine. I know. Like, you're doing just fine. It's not. I'm just traumatized. It was, it was, I was, I've never had an experience quitting like that before. I just don't see it in this because. And I gave them like a month notice. <laughs> I just feel like it's different though. I feel like yeah. they, that team is under a whole different kind of pressure. Yeah. It's well, a it's, it's healthcare and like this, you know, Alejandra's worked as like a legal secretary before or like a receptionist at a firm. And so depending on what you're doing, I don't want to say you're not talented, but you know, there's potential that the you're easily replaceable and it's not like a big burden for them to find someone else versus where my job True. They were under so much pressure and already short staffed that it was like the end of the world when I quit. Yeah. I'm just traumatized. Well, and <laughs> kind of to round it out, I don't think you're letting anyone down. No. To, lead, to, to build off of that. You're not, it's not like they're going to be, oh, this is very disappointing. Yeah. I feel my gut is they're saying going it's going to be more like, we loved having you here. We appreciate your time. We wish you the best at school. And congratulations. Yeah, congrats on law school. And, That's huge. And, and and good and I hope you do think of us when you get done. Yeah. I I think it's gonna go great. Yeah, I it'll go it'll be fine. Just except I'm the eternal optimist here. <laughs> Communicate the best you can and really outline what you want, whether that's quitting in August when you go to school or literally two weeks from now. And by the way. Realist, realist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can we move on to the next one? Because that was a fun one. Yes, we can. First, I want to say I'm a big fan of the show and so grateful for the fatherly advice I have received. Thank you in advance for taking the time to read this whirlwind of a story and for giving me advice. I, 25 female, recently met a man, 29 male, on a dating app. From the very beginning of our relationship, he let me know that he was going through a divorce and had children with his ex. This never bothered me as I want a big family. The circumstances of his divorce were due to infidelity on his ex's behalf. It was an instant connection with him from the moment we started talking. We could talk about virtually anything and everything, being vulnerable and honest from the very beginning. Conversation conversation felt natural Both of us were very open about what we were looking for, something serious. After talking every day via text and FaceTime throughout the whole day, 
his ex-wife found out he was moving on via their mutual friends. Although she was and still is in a relationship, she decided that she wanted him back. She proposed a relationship with the three of them, her her current boyfriend, him, and herself, which he turned down. She began making advances and told him how much she wanted him back. She stated she broke up with her boyfriend when she really didn't. This began to affect our relationship as he clearly had a lot on his mind and our communication began to suffer. Something that was very important to me since in past relationships I had not had good communication with my partner. He told her that he did not want a relationship and that he wanted a chance to move on. However, his ex decided that was not an option and went a step further to threaten him by saying that if he started dating, he would never see his children again. Oh, come on. Well, last night he broke things off with me. I 100% understand since his children come first. And if they didn't, I wouldn't be interested in him since I had an absent father who always put his girlfriends before me. We both agreed that for the time being, we needed to go no contact and that when things settle down in his life, if the door is still open, then we could move forward. What I need advice on is how do you know if this is worth waiting for? Do I continue seeking other people even though I'm convinced he is my soulmate? Am I being naive for thinking that he is the one despite everything? Is he worth waiting for? If I don't wait around, how do I move on knowing that there could potentially be someone I am so compatible with out there? This man raised my standards and showed me what I truly deserve in a relationship. And for that, I am grateful, even if things do not work out in the end. But I truly do not know if I can find someone who can compete with him. Any advice? Oh, yes. What is, do you guys remember my saying, what I always say about all bets? They're all off until you say I do. That is correct. He, he himself, as much as he might be the magical one, and he might be taking a pause to go work out all the emotional uh, yuck, I'll call it, that's going on in his life because she's manipulating him. She's using the kids. He's got all this stuff, you know, tail spinning out. Remember, they have had kids together. They were married there's a lot of, you know, foundation there. Uh, your job is to just organically go forward. And if you find a guy that uh, has risen above the level that this guy had taught you, you will know quickly that you have found someone that is much worthy. Everyone, much more worthy. Everyone comes into people's lives for a reason. And it doesn't mean they're there to stay. It means they're there to help you grow. And let's just say that he helped you grow to really see, to show you that what kind of guy you, you really need in your life and to help you uh, identify that. Cause you probably didn't even know what you needed in your life before experiencing this. And I'm glad you had a really good experience. And sometimes they're, they're sad to see those experiences, you know, fade or go away, but because you experienced it, your, your filter is now not going to take on less than that. You're going to find guys, your subconscious is going to draw you to people that are going to be healthier for you and help you grow more and to give you that respect because you've experienced it now. And so go out there and meet people, but you'll go through them quicker because if, they, if they're not worthy, you're just going to say, bye, bye, and you'll go on to the next one. And, it, and hopefully you will either... Uh, find someone that 
will exceed those expectations. Or if he is really the one that he gets his act together and he gets clear of all this yuck, as I call it, and he'll say, I'm glad you went out. At least, you know, you're, you're sure that I'm your guy and being away from you, I'm sure you're my gal. And now we can really walk into this, you know, with, with all blindfolds out and, and with a healthier attitude for one another and a better and a stronger relationship. So yeah. that's my thoughts. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't wait. I think I don't know. And I've never been married. I haven't had kids with someone. So I can get the fear of not seeing your kids or damaging your, you know, your relationship with them. But I, I just don't understand what he thinks he's going to accomplish by giving in to her manipulation and letting her win. I'm, it's just, it's sick. The fact that had an affair and then got this boyfriend and then said, oh, let's have a relationship with the three of us. And then, oh, wait, nope. I want you so bad. I actually broke up with him when I didn't. Like this lady is a lying sack of corn. She sucks. So I don't get, that's not a healthy home to even raise your kids in. And if you go, you know, you go through these custody battles, a judge isn't going to keep kids away from a father that's trying and a good dad. So I, I think it's silly to sacrifice your life. And I've seen a lot of videos lately where, um, a lot of these parenting gurus have said, you know, when parents live their lives for their kids they, and they lose themselves, the kids end up less happy. The kids end up seeing a parent that suffers and that doesn't put themselves first. And then their kids don't put themselves first. And I think it can create a lot of toxic cycles. So don't wait for this person. This person has a lot to figure out. I think take it for the lesson it is and move forward. You have some healing to do and focus on healing and moving forward. And if six months down the road, you're still single and he's healthy and truly done with her, then maybe consider it. But the last thing you want to do is play the yo-yo in this toxic mm -hmm. game because you're going to get whipped in every direction. And the interesting thing is, is that he is not um, focused enough that, that there is no replacement for you. He hasn't locked into you that way yet because if you open the door to go back and deal with all this stuff and take that manipulation, he really doesn't deserve you. He's not strong enough for you yet. Exactly. And the, the one thing that you want is someone that is absolutely defined that you're it. And I don't care who comes back or what they do. I'm willing to, to go do the right thing by my kids, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow this person to manipulate me and take away who I am. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's, I mean, we could talk about him and his ex's situation all day. <laughs> and I think it is very interesting how he did make that choice. But from your perspective, you can't control any of that and you're not going to go convince him otherwise. Mm -hmm. So yeah. with your ideal outcome being, I would say my ideal outcome is to be content either waiting or be content moving on. But either way, I want to know I made the right choice. And I think what makes a lot of sense here is I think you can be very confident with moving on. I yeah. Think, I think she I only agree. has one choice. There yeah. isn't two choices. No, here. because one choice. you could wait, you could wait the next year and him and his wife end up reconciling things and 
Yeah, you have one choice for yourself and that's to respect yourself. Yeah, I mean, this also, like you said, kind of sets the boundary for how you're willing to be treated too. And right now you're second rate. You're He's not making the decision to stand up to a manipulative, vindictive person and he's willing to go back to that. And I think we've had a story like this in the past where a guy was getting back together with his toxic girlfriend after they've been on and off for mm-hmm. 14 years or something crazy. And it's, 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 it feels very similar where it's just like, no, like you don't deserve to be treated like this. You deserve to be put first. And yes, I know it's different with kids and that dynamic, but he's really kind of sloughing you to the side and that's not fair to you. He's he's manipulating her the way that his ex-wife is manipulating him. And this isn't going to be tolerated. It's not healthy for you. So uh, this dad and sister and brother, (laughs) (laughs) we're all sitting here saying, no, 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 no. You deserve better. It's time, it's time to roll forward and see what comes into your life and let the, let the opportunity, let the opportunities, you know, you know, uh, present themselves as fragrance the air a little bit, you know, take them in. Well, it'll probably feel like the world is crashing down on you when you make this choice. But I think the weight that will be removed from your shoulders, just not even needing to have this worry, even if, even if you did get back together in a few months, oh, everything's perfect, right? How are you going to not be worried that this happens again or that she comes in and influences something and he walks away again? I think mm-hmm. it will happen again. I think I think these two are just kind of getting started mm-hmm. on their toxic cycle. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that he's even willing to consider this after she cheated and then not just cheated, but had a boyfriend... I think it's very telling of where he's at in his headspace and what he's willing yeah. to put up with to maintain this relationship and True. everything. So I, I also have one more thing to offer you. When you are looking on the dating sites, and I spent a lot of time on there, and every single one of them, and if, if a dating site began with an A or it began with a Z and everything between, I was on them all. <laughs> <laughs> And the one thing that I, I definitely would screen out immediately was one that was going through a separation or a divorce because there is too much yuck until they are truly emotionally available, mm-hmm. clearly. And if they're not emotionally available and you're not even, and if you know that you're not emotionally available yet, don't do it. You got to be healthy in order to get a good relationship, you have to be healthy and they have to be healthy to start yeah, with. Yeah. And I think every relationship can help us teach, you know, different Learn. lessons and help mm-hmm. us heal. Like, I don't think you, we all have baggage that we need to work through and you can do that sometimes in a relationship, but we already know this is a boat with some holes in the floor. And I personally would not get in a boat in a large body of water if I knew it was filling or sinking. Or a right. large body of water of life. <laughs> yeah, I'll, no. You know, I, I think we we have a lot of metaphors. No, I just don't get in don't get in that fucking boat, girl. Well, do uh, write back and let us know. Keep how us you're doing. posted. We would like that. Yes, please. Okay. Dun, dun, bum, 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 bum. Hi, Jerry, Morgan, and Justin. I love the podcast and really appreciate hearing advice on some similar issues. I, female, twenty four, have slash am facing. 
stuff. She's similar things she's gone through. Okay. Go ahead. I've been dealing with an issue in my school slash work due to dating someone male 26 in my PhD program. Him and I are both PhD students in the same lab group started at the same time at a small state university. We started dating in January of last year and broke up in December of 2021 after he yelled and cursed at me in my school slash workplace. It was a very mentally abusive relationship with a narcissist, and he made me believe that I was ruining his life, along with made me keep everything a secret because his family was apparently dangerous. Well, here's my issue. My ex has been reporting false results slash statements in his conference documents and on funding proposals, which some of them have my name on them. He has continually harassed me, and I don't even feel safe in my home. I got a security system put in my apartment even. My advisor has continually gaslit me on the issue, saying it isn't her problem. I've reported the scientific misconduct and harassment to the university, and it is under review. I am honestly terrified for what is going to happen. I just don't feel mentally or physically safe in my program anymore. I have thought about mastering out of the program, but don't know if that is the right decision. In the STEM field I am in, if I master out of the program, it can be very hard to get another advisor to take you on as their PhD student, as if you weren't able to do your work, so you mastered out. And I don't want to risk my reputation slash career in the field because my ex has made my current workplace unbearable. I have thought about switching advisors at the university, but since it is a small school, there is no other faculty that does what I want to do. So do I stay at the school with an abuser or do I take a risk, master out and apply to other programs? Any advice is appreciated and thank you for your time. So if I'm clear, he has actually, she has claimed that he has threatened her and threatened her harm. Yes. And the first thing that I would say because of this is you need to make sure that you get him quiet. And the only way you can actually get him quiet because of that threat is a um, restraining order. Or because, some sort of protective order. But I would definitely start documenting this harassment with police, yeah. not just the school. Well, because a restraining have, order goes with a judge. Restraining orders are sometimes very hard to get. So definitely, definitely start filing with the police mm -hmm. because- if you have police reports and your school continues to ignore you and drop the ball, they're going to be liable. Mm -hmm. And you can tell them that. And I would. Yeah. I mean, especially that the, this, this guy is a manipulative kind of terrorist. <laughs> yeah. And what is family, you know, quote, quote, can hurt her or they're powerful or whatever it is. I mean, that's the biggest bunch of bullshit in the world. You yeah. shut it down right now because you, you obviously don't need to be forced from your education, need to be forced from your school, but you definitely need to be separated from him and have him have nothing uh, to do with any of you or any any facet of you. So if your name is on any documents that he was on, you mm -hmm. need to get them legally removed and say, yeah. I, I, re, I retract all that. I'm We're done. I want nothing to do with this fella. I'm not going to say anything more than I want separation. And, you know, don't libel yourself with him, but certainly, uh, definitely you got, you gotta, you gotta put the, the, the lid on, lid on the bottle. But how do yeah. you even start that if you're scared of someone? 
when you have this option like, hey, I could take a huge life risk and leave and go to a different school. That's why you go to the police and that's why you file a temp for a temporary restraining order in front of a judge. You you go you go in with gusto. You yeah. go in with because she does feel fear. He has threatened her life. You don't fuck around with this shit. No, this I mean You take you I don't take wanna... you take that person for real. Yeah. You you don't say that he's not going to hurt her. Yeah, and there's there's a pattern of abuse. There's a history. Well, he's done it publicly. He's done it publicly and Honestly, like we, again, we listen to so much true crime. So my mind immediately, when people start acting like this, I take it at face value and right. your life is being threatened. Yeah. And so you shouldn't have to suffer and sacrifice your career, your education for an abusive asshole and your school is going to be held responsible. So start filing the police reports, see if you know, that route, bring that to your therapist or your counselor, your guidance counselor, advisor, and say, it's documented. I have this police report. I have this restraining order, this protective order, whatever it is. And say, if you're not willing to protect me mm -hmm. and help me, you're going to be liable. Right. And I, I, and I think that if you actually go to the police department, the city attorney can even probably decide if it's, if, if it will uh, survive a TRO. And if you can get the TRO, the temporary restraining order, or the restraining order from, from them to, to, to serve to this guy, he will know not to come within 100 yards of you. He'll know not to use, you know, to make any attempt on you. And if he does and he breaks that, the school will have to get rid of him. Yeah. The school will kick him out. Exactly. I would say, I wonder if there's other programs you don't necessarily need to master out of this one, but you could maybe do more of a lateral and just transfer to, I'm not sure what, um, what PhD program or what you're really going for, but I know when crazy circumstances come up, I know that some schools are willing to, you know, let, allow special circumstances to happen. And so maybe there's some sort of lateral or an affiliated school or something you could start reaching out to different, um, professors at or advisors and yeah, this see, advisor sucks. See, see, see if one, a lateral is more possible. The one thing that, that I am not, I am not a lawyer and I've never experienced some of the legalities of these domestic violence things. Now, certainly people in my family were, had written some of the laws in Los Angeles for domestic violence. And I just know it's nothing to screw around with. No. Period. No. So take it, take it serious, take it and take it to the top. Go all the way with it and protect yourself. Well, because what did the yeah. what did they say about the advisor? Uh, the advisor's kind of gaslighting her on the issue, <laughs> saying it's not her problem. Blah 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 blah. Right. So, what if you just start to not even like your environment because other people are not even taking you for how serious it is? Yeah. I guess. I guess the. I think you should put up. Put up a fight. You should put up a fight, but, but you do always have the option to go yes. try the other schools. And yeah. I, and I think that that's good to have in your mind because otherwise you might go crazy with anxiety, but absolutely, it's good to know that there is that absolute fail safe if you need it. And I think the yeah. school has exposure right now for ignoring her. They do. Mm -hmm. I mean, the review Huge. is- Huge. The harassment- Huge. Um, the harassment review is under review with the university- and so the fact you have already that documented, I'd go to the police as well and yeah. say, this is what's going on. Bring that form, all the, that paperwork to your advisor. And also I wonder, 
you should definitely switch advisors. And I know you mentioned that a different advisor might not be in your focus area, but maybe they're still willing to take you on and just because they didn't master in in some specific area, they still might be able to be your advisor. So again, the school needs to make accommodations for you to be safe. And so I would switch advisors, fuck that lady, go to the police. And kind of like you said, make sure you're going to be safe. Your life is worth far more than a PhD degree. And so if you need to master out and then kind of go back to the PhD route, do it because your life is way, way more valuable than that piece of paper. Yeah. This ain't this. We literally, we just listened to a true crime podcast where this started on a first date. This girl went on a Tinder date and the guy ended up killing her in the hotel room and stuffing her in a suitcase. Like this guy's demonstrating really bad behavior. And so be safe. You know my opinion. Yeah. I I wouldn't fuck around with this at all. I would go all the way right to the top and I would make sure that the school is held responsible and the school takes it serious and they either get rid of the guy, put the guy on notice and say, if we we have any issue, you're gone. Yeah. Because... Straight to the police. There's no way that this should affect your education. It should affect his education. Yeah. And I, I will say... Try not to get discouraged if it is difficult to get a restraining order. I have friends that have tried to get restraining orders and it was brushed off. I think the biggest thing is like, if they do try to brush you off, you need to say, I want it documented that I came in here and tried to get this because if something happens to me, it's your fault. Yeah, that's true. And make sure everything, everything you do, every step of the way is documented. If you can record it on your phone, do voice memos or video and start recording it. Just cover your bases. Okay. Is this one, this next Yeah, I just want to say on this one, you remember in the past how we've had write-ins that are concerned about their children growing up and asking questions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that they're worried about that on the front end? Uh-huh. This is someone who who is now experiencing their child asking the question. So I felt like oh, yeah. we've covered the front end. Wow. Now let's let's take a perspective from now we're in it. Okay. My 27 female daughter, six years old, has been questioning me about her dad. Please give me advice on how to answer her questions. I'll try to make this short, but I think the background info gives important context. When I was 20, I met Kay while I was visiting home, Louisiana, for Christmas break in 2014. We spent most of the two-week break together. I went back to San Antonio, where I worked, and we kept in contact. I found out I was pregnant a few weeks later. I called him, and he moved in with me. Things moved very fast, and his dad asked us to move to Alabama to be near them for the baby. I agreed because I had no family in San Antonio. We moved in April of 2015, In Alabama, he turned out to be a serial cheater. In addition to this, he was very emotionally and physically abusive. I put up with this because I wanted my daughter to have a happy family. My parents are divorced, and I didn't want that for her. When I was about 37 weeks pregnant, I had an ECV, an attempt to turn the fetus so that he or she is head down. The ECV failed, and they discharged me into Kay's care and told him I needed to be looked after. I was in a lot of pain, felt sore slash bruised. He helped me to bed and I went to sleep. A few hours later, I woke up and needed to use the bathroom. Turns out he left to go cheat again. I was freaking out. My ECV was unsuccessful, which means I was about to have a C-section 
and a newborn to potentially care for on my own. Shout out to my sister and a friend who drove from Louisiana to Alabama to come get me. I moved in with my sister in Louisiana. I was able to get emergency Medicaid and had my beautiful baby girl via C-section a week later. Kay drove here to be present for the C-section and came back the day after to visit for a few hours. We haven't seen him since. The following months, I tried to keep up contact with him, send pictures, etc., but he didn't seem to care. I quit initiating the communication and never heard from him. I honestly feel like I chose the best decision for my daughter by leaving. She is well cared for and thriving in school. Anytime she asks about her dad in the past, I always told her he just wasn't ready to be a dad. I decided that I would never badmouth him or lie to her about him. I always wanted to keep it age appropriate. Fast forward. Last week, my daughter Elle seemed very upset. I asked her what was wrong and she asked, did my dad not want to be my dad because he thought I would be a bad kid? I tried my best to reassure her that she isn't a bad kid and that it wasn't her fault. Then she asked, quote, he held me when I was a baby. Did he not like me? Is that why he went away? Again, I tried reassuring her that it had nothing to do with her and that he just wasn't ready to be a dad because it is a lot of responsibility. Advice? You know, I understand the difficulty of being honest with a six-year-old. And, you know, Morgan herself, um, you know, has a biological father. And I... And if I thought he was perfect or not perfect, or if in reality, if he's perfect or not perfect, was never a thing that would come out of my mouth, or I don't even think her mother's mouth. What we did is, and, but it doesn't apply with you for, and for one reason, and I'll, and I'll get to that. But in this case, I said, he will set the standard for her opinion on him on her own. The more that he is around her, long as I can try to buffer and make sure no harm comes to her, that she'll get her own idea and know how to deal with it. And I don't think I was wrong in this. As I look back, I think, you know, I, I tried at Christmas time, she would go to his house and, you know, the behaviors that went on in that family, I, I knew that Morgan was for the most part, because of her grandmother would be safe. But I would tell Morgan, here's my number. You need me, call me. I will be here in a minute. And in some cases, I would go down to the gas station. I never went back home. <laughs> and I would wait for the hour or two or three for her to say, I'm ready to go. And I'd be there in three minutes. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. That explains why you got there so fast sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were some times the, I definitely did have to call. And it the, was... The it was a, I was at the holiday station. Yeah. There, I mean, there were times and, it was definitely crying situations where I was so, like, I need to get out of here. So, so that being said, um, you know, you were abused and you are afraid that he can abuse her. Um, I don't know if you put his name on the birth certificate. I don't know if you're getting child support from him. You certainly have all the rights to. And yeah, if he comes back into her life because you've you know, told her this, uh, you're going to have to start working on, you know, you know, um, visitation, which is going to be hopefully, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not patrolled, but, um, mediated, mediated, you know, monitored, monitored 
uh, visitation because you don't want him to get pissed at her and all of a sudden you'll try to manipulate, you know, et cetera, for that kind of thing. But I think that you have to find some semblance of the truth of that it had nothing to do with her, but, you know, you know, dad, you know, used to hurt me and it was best that he, you know, it didn't, wasn't the fact he didn't want to be a dad to you. He was, you know, just like you said, he wasn't prepared to be a dad at all. Yeah. Certainly not prepared to be a husband. And we, we, as a couple, we didn't, you know, I would go back and to keep putting it on between you and him that you guys just didn't work as a couple. And he's just too immature to be a dad. I, yeah, I think, I think the best one, you did everything right. I don't think you've made a single mistake Mm -hmm. thus far. You made every right decision to ensure your safety, your baby's safety. And you have probably a much healthier and happier six-year-old because of every decision you made. And this is a tough time. I'm, I'm sure she has peers that are, maybe they have two parents or maybe she's getting comments at school. Like, why don't you have a dad? And I'm sure it's stirring Mm -hmm. up a lot of things for her. I would really pursue some family therapy or even individual kid appropriate therapy Mm -hmm. for her. I think that's the best thing to ensure she's a well-adjusted kid and then teenager and then adult because childhood trauma like this can really shape us and change our DNA. So I really, really recommend bringing on someone who's qualified to deal with this. Absolutely. But I think thus far, everything you're saying is perfect. Your dad just wasn't ready to be a dad. I love you and kids don't need two parents. Some kids have one mommy. Some kids have one daddy. You know, I don't know. But I I think also inquiring with a therapist can help give you the best tools to be able to have these conversations. Much Much better than me. No, I mean, I think you I think you said some great stuff. And I think just be assured in what you're doing is, is right. Like you're not bad mouthing him. You're not making her feel unwanted. You're, you're being honest and not lying to her, which lying to your kids can create just as much damage as like, you know, so right, because they, they, then they learn that they can't trust you. Exactly. So the most important doing thing, everything. That, the most important thing that you have is that your kid can absolutely, uh, unconditionally trust you and you don't want to lose that. No. And so Again, a therapist will be able to give more concrete tools and then tell you, okay, you know, up until 10, this is kind of the conversation we should keep it at. And then at 16, the language can change. You can be more honest um, about maybe the abuse you experienced and how you guys just weren't a good match and everything you did was for her safety and make sure that she recognized signs of abuse so she can avoid it and things like that. So a therapist will give you all those tools. Well, and it plays into the ideal outcome and the fact that uh, it says, I know that I don't want to lie or speak bad about Kay. I just need advice on the best age appropriate way to let her know she is loved and she didn't cause any of his actions. And I think therapy makes a lot of sense because who else is going to be qualified to deliver this and know, oh, from experience, this is probably the best time and this mm-hmm. is the best way to phrase and this. A therapist are the people who would have seen this or experienced this, has studied this in a sense where they'll be able to help you do it the best way you can. I would also look into like 
other single parents at your school, at her school or like other single parent groups in the area? Because I feel like having peers, like her having peers that are in similar places as her yes. could also strengthen this idea. Like you don't need two parents to have a healthy home. I, I am loved and just keep doing what you're doing. Like she'll feel the love and just mm-hmm. you're doing everything right so far. So I think and, next and step. And I think she also has a, she has a, a support system with her sister and, yeah, and other people that are part of this, you know, the, the, this upbringing. Definitely. So it seems like you have partners with that as well, which is great. The village. The village. We got had, your village. We had a village. You're a village. You're a product of a village. <laughs> I sure am. Big village. <laughs> okay. We wish you the best. Yes. I can't even imagine. Yeah. And don't be hard on yourself. You're doing it all right. Yes. Okay. So there's so many to get to, but I don't know if we have time, but this one is time sensitive. So I think it's important to hit this one. Let's Let's go. go. My 23 female childhood dog passed away last year. She was old and she was sickly her whole life, but it was very sudden. I was not present when she was put down because it was the first weekend of my last semester of college. Obviously this was and still is devastating. I graduated from college in December, 2021 moved back in with my mom, and I've been working a stable and well-paying job for the last few months. Recently, my neighbor informed me that her daughter is looking to find a new home for the dog they rescued due to allergies. She's a one-year-old Shih Tzu, same breed as my childhood dog. My mom told me she would not take in another dog because she can't handle the loss again, but if I wanted to take her in, I could. The main problem is I will be moving in with my aunt at the end of next month because my mom is downsizing. My aunt is very particular, clean, and impatient. She's had dogs in the past, but she's not really a dog person like my mom and I are. I'm not even sure she's super thrilled about taking me in, let alone if I brought a dog with me. What I'm looking for is advice on how to present this to my aunt. I feel like I'm being called to rescue this dog and that my old dog, Daisy, would be happy we rescued another Shih Tzu like her. Please help. Okay. Morgan, you want to go first or should I just go ahead and let her rip? because I've tried to bring home dogs and you (laughs) are so against it. So you're probably the perfect person to know how to phrase it to. There you go. I, I just wanted to know if you wanted to touch this one. No, nope. <laughs> you got it. You got so, it. So as you have heard, I've had, uh, Morgan has, you know, certainly said, you know, I'd like to bring home a dog. And even before that, uh, Morgan told me that she's bringing Holly over from Minnesota to me here. And I wasn't very excited about it that time. Not that I didn't love Holly. Um, you know, you, you have to first, I think that the, the plan that you should do is get the Shih Tzu and go to your aunt with the Shih Tzu and say, we have an opportunity. I know I'm going to come over. I don't want to do anything to cross you, but I wanted to uh, introduce you and, and myself to this, to this fine animal who needs a home. And if together we can do this, and if you're comfortable with it, you know, let's go for a walk with her. Let's see, you know, how she is. And let's just let her hang with us for the day and see if we have any feelings for it. If we, if, if, if it's a good match, if it bonds, 
if it works for us. And that is a fair trial to do. Um, if she says, no, I, you know, I just, after you spend the day that this isn't going to work, then you, then you've done your best to, to try to pull that off with her, but you can't just go get the dog and all of a sudden show up at your aunt's house and say, hi, yeah. you know, you know, aunt Diane, uh, thanks so much for having me. And by the way, I'd like you to meet our new, <laughs> our new pet, our new pet Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that if you let her fall in love with Daisy, it's going to be an easier transition for all of you to, to go on this new path together. So that's my advice is, uh, I recognize that you would love a dog. I, I think it would, it's going to help it. It is definitely, uh, their work. I mean, Morgan wants to have animals and I find myself that when it comes to taking Holly for walks, it's me. If it's, you know, she does get the, the, the knife and put it into the dog food and she does scoop out. Okay. Leave. I'm better than that. I take her all the time on walks. Justin hates it because uh-huh. she pees 40 times. Uh-huh. Ask him. I take her on walks. Uh-huh. Anyways. Back me up, buddy. I'm not backing anybody no, up. you. I take her on walks. Don't let oh, him throw yeah, me under the bus. I have something else to say. Okay. I actually really like that approach because it's unexpected. I like the thought of, and I and I think I think worse than the options you presented. The worst thing would be to approach now and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about this," because that's such an easy shutdown. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's easy from the aunt's perspective. Get the dog. But saying, "Hey, let's go spend the day," you never know, is actually very interesting because mm-hmm. there's no pressure. No pressure, and it's very organic, and it's not a it's not as easy to shut down mm-hmm. because then you start from even from the aunt's perspective no matter what her mood is or what type of person, particularly clean and patient, there's something interesting about that that feels different. It's a setup. This is a setup for success. It's not a setup for failure. Yeah. I would just say though, you might not get the best impression of the dog just on a day. So like if she's one, I have a lot of thoughts where it's like, you're not going to live with your aunt forever. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, maybe get the dog now ensure the dog is properly potty trained, all the things that need to happen. And then say to your aunt, I took on this dog. It felt like the perfect opportunity. It it was, you know, healing me from losing my childhood pets, the same breed. I felt like I was saving the dog. It needed a home, blah, blah, blah. And I would just say to her, I understand that, you know, you might not be anticipating this. However, could we do a week trial and see how the dog responds at your home, you won't be responsible for anything. When I'm gone, the dog will be properly crated, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Right. Because then you give the dog a fair chance to settle in, be calm, feel secure. You're not going to get all this anxiety from this little dog of like, one, he's with strangers. Right. He's in a new place. I, I, it wouldn't be like the best appraisal of the dog. I, I get that, but I'm letting you know that I already feel the pressure where I automatically want to give resistance when you present it to me that way. Where okay, if you then take, try this way. Go go I, take I, a field trip and visit together. I would go light and exp- you know, when you're there saying, you know, this is what it is and be open and honest with her right there. No hidden agenda and say, Hey, let's just go for a walk and see if, what we both think. Yeah. And that way there is no reason to give aunt Diane this thing where she has to have put on the brakes and, and push resistance. So because, what if 
the aunt after this easy, light, breezy walk says no. Then that's it. You, you, you got to move on. You got to move on with it. Yeah, because you she said accept it. Uh, anything else we should know. This is kind of time sensitive. I can't move out on my own because it's too expensive to live alone in my area. Mm-hmm. And I'm still locked in a lease in my college town since I graduated in the fall. So what about living in her college town with the dog? I know I did think about that. Because if she's got a lease over there, unless it's like subleased to someone else, but then she wouldn't be paying for it. Why not live in the college town? And then I know there's a lot of people that find roommates um, online. You don't necessarily have to live with your aunt, but I I do know. That's certainly a good option. But if if it's going to involve her living with the aunt. You have to involve her from, yeah. I strongly suggest the plan that we laid out. If you're going to live with your aunt, you're going to find a different alternative. There you go. You're on your own and you get to go. Make your own decisions. Make your own choices. Yeah. You know, the, the last thing that adults don't like is we don't like to have it forced on us and we don't like setups. We like when it's, our, when we're allowed to make the decision with you, then it, it it's easier. It, there's no, we don't get this natural pushback. Now, you don't know what that is because you're not the adult when it comes to you and me or the master, the master, the housekeeper of the zoo, or if you want to run a Why do you think I'm trying to move out? <laughs> but I, but I certainly, I certainly know that, you know, you and you and these dogs that you have brought to me and, you know, bringing a giraffe into the house and an elephant. Oh my gosh, you're so dramatic. <laughs> I'm not that bad. I haven't brought an animal home in quite some time. So I think uh, I'm due actually. Yeah. Well, don't, yeah. don't get any ideas. I'm gonna, we're just going to go for a little walk. We're just go, go meet little Fido. Out I'll, back. I'll go for a walk with you anytime. Yeah. yeah. It's been about three and a half years since you brought me in. So yeah, yeah I'm due for a stray. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Anyways, we hope that one works for you and yeah. uh, let us know how it, how it goes. Yeah. We always want to know how, how these go. Yes. Definitely. As I peer at the clock, I see that we have time for one last story. One last one. Okay. Hi, Jerry. I love your podcast and you give such great advice. I was hoping you could help me. It's a bit long, so bear with me. It's really not that long. It's one of our shorter (laughs) write-ins. So a very close friend of mine, 18 female, recently lost her dad back in September of 2021. And she's going through a lot of grief, but she's doing a bit better. Well, her birthday is coming up in May, and it'll be her first birthday without him, and she's already told me she doesn't even really want to celebrate her birthday, but I still want to get her something special. What I'd like advice on is how I can help her get through her first birthday without her dad. Also, I'm away at college, but my semester is almost over, so I'll be back in our hometown a few days after her birthday. What an amazing friend. Well, first thing... Grief, for whatever it's worth, in that period of heal is good because she needs to go through it. Nobody, you know, every every time you lose a parent, uh, everyone has a different reaction. And, uh, you know, I've lost both my parents and I've had different reactions on both times. Um, you know, people that, that want to have a good birthday... Um, you know, sometimes have a very high expectation. Sometimes the expectation isn't even reality. So all you can do is do something that's going to be enjoyable. Let her let her know that you 
really want to make sure that she doesn't feel any void for her birthday and that she's special. And it could be as simple as spending the day horseback riding together with a, a picnic. That's kind of extravagant. That's simple. I'm, giving, I'm giving you a hard time. It's, yeah. uh, it, it could be anything. I mean, it, it's just doing something that's just you and, and her. And I don't know your relationships. Um, I don't even think we know one is a, a woman and one, if, if they're a couple, if they're not a couple, if, you know, what they're related, if they're just best friends. Yeah, besties. But because of your friendship, you know what's going to work to make that, make, make her feel fulfilled for that day and, and special. And that's really it. Make her feel special. And you don't have to try to make her forget her father. That's not the idea. It's to make her enjoy the time that she, that you guys are enjoying for her birthday. Yeah. And that life continues on. And this was, you know, something that was great that you had this wonderful father and he was amazing and, and he's watching you. And if, if that's what you believe or feel. Yeah. Yeah. I also wonder if there's a way to kind of acknowledge him on her birthday, a way to kind of commemorate him in his life. Um, I know for some people going and visiting a headstone together might mm -hmm. be meaningful in a way right. to Have a still feel connected. Have a picnic there. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you don't want to overwhelm her, but I think really stressing, like, I love you. I care about you. I want to make sure you have the best birthday ever here's some ideas that I was thinking. I think like take the burden off her, give her some ideas and maybe include a way that could commemorate him and then she can decide what she would prefer. Mm -hmm. So there's not so much pressure. But whatever it might be, you know, bring bring cake, put one, cut three pieces, one cake, one piece you leave on the headstone and the yeah. other two you, you join together and you just say... You know, I want I wanted to include your dad as part of your birthday, and now let's go to the next thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be really great. I know that's something I would want. So, well, and it's like it's important to celebrate her because it's her birthday, mm -hmm. and her mm -hmm. dad would want her to have mm -hmm. a happy day. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. A little bit of wholesome energy to. Yeah, what an amazing friend! So thoughtful. So I'm I, I hope this one helps you as well. I think that was a, as much as we thought it would be uh, more challenging to me, that one came pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. We are going to the strip club for our Patreon. Okay. So if you want to hear a good one, we're going to the strip club. Okay. Let's do it. For our Patreon story this week, but. Love a good strip that club. That is where we'll end for. The episode. Now. Okay. okay. Well, we want to all thank you for joining us for number 22. <laughs> and uh, next week, we're going to have 23 coming out next Monday night, late midnight for Tuesday morning. And uh, for right now, we're going to go to the strip club. On <laughs> so here we go. Okay. Bye. Do I need an ID or anything like that? Do I need dollar bills? Dollar bills. Dollar yeah. bills. Yeah. Show me dollars. Show me dollars. Show me dollars. Wow. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.